You're listening to Dr. Tony Nader, the podcast, dedicated to exploring the full potential of human physiology and mind with focus on ancient and modern techniques of self-development. Spend some time with Dr. Nader, who is leading the way in the science of consciousness, and begin your journey to better understanding the relationship of mind and body, consciousness, and physiology right now. In this episode, Dr. Nader speaks to the Harvard Business School on the neuroscience of transcendence. Dr. Nader reveals a unique new picture of the world that is rooted in and informed by a field of consciousness, which Dr. Nader posits is supported by discoveries from both modern science and ancient wisdom traditions. Today's discussion is about success, about fulfillment, about overcoming difficulties and strains in life. And the way to do it is very, very simple. It's a technology of awareness, technology of consciousness, which even children can practice from early age. And it doesn't depend on background or in information, knowledge, experience in life or path in life or belief. It's not a philosophy. It's not a belief system. So the technique we will introduce in a few words, but as scientists of knowledge and engineers of consciousness, and as talking to an audience that would like to understand how does it work, what is behind it, it's important to have a little bit of the science of consciousness, the knowledge of consciousness, what does it mean? So we can understand its importance and why it has such a wide range of benefits on mind, body, behavior, and even on society. We want to be the best we can. We want to use the best that we have at any moment in our life, wherever, whatever, wherever we are it is best to have our full potential developed and used, whether we are as a leader of a company, of a country, whether we are healthy or not so healthy, we're struggling or fighting some problem of anxiety, stress, or even disease in the body. What we want always is to be the best we can be at that moment, no matter what was there before, what has happened before. Usually what we do is we look at the different aspects that make us who we are. For example, our diet, our exercise, our daily routines, and these are very important. However, there is one aspect that has been largely ignored because we didn't have in science, in modern science, access to it or ability to manage it or deal with it because it is so abstract yet it is most real and what is really as real as can be because without it nothing has any meaning and that is our consciousness without consciousness we cannot dream we cannot feel neither joy nor pain we cannot plan, we cannot understand, we cannot feel the benefits of love or exchanging or giving love. We cannot feel the reality in which we are and where we're going. 
we cannot do anything without our consciousness. And we take it for granted that consciousness is just a plain something, either you're conscious or not conscious. The reality is consciousness has great depths, great colors, great widths, great availability of uh, possibilities that influence us. And the transcendental meditation technique and other techniques that deal with the mind and awareness tend and want to, and are able to, as we will discuss, develop that consciousness so that we can use that for success in life and to overcome all difficulties and possibilities that we have, either individually or even socially or for our company or our success in life. So what is consciousness? Consciousness is a field of being that brings us the ability to be aware. And therefore, whenever we are aware of something, we're aware of a thought, we're aware of a feeling, we're aware of pain, we're aware of desires, that is happening on the screen of consciousness. So consciousness is a screen and one level of consideration on which the whole movie of life is taking place. And that screen can be either clear and bright and show us the reality from a pure perspective, or it can have filters on it and can have dirt on it, which we call stress. And then we are not using our full ability to see things. Consciousness, to have an analogy, for example, of things that used to be considered like generally what they are as something you eat, for example, food. Food has been considered as something to give us calories as if you fill up the car with some uh, power, some energy, some fuel or electricity, and then it runs. And that's what food is about. In fact, as we all know, food is much more than that. There is a balance between fat, carbohydrates, and protein. And then we discover there are vitamins that are very important. And then scientists discover very important micronutrients, then phytonutrients. Then we know in food there are anti-inflammatory ingredients that are helpful to heal, that are antitoxins, antioxidants. And so this food, which was just calorie in a sense, at some level of understanding, has become a huge thing. And now we're introducing consciousness as something that is really huge and very fundamental. So to understand consciousness, we have two levels in simplification. There is the consciousness of the self, self-awareness, and there is consciousness of what we don't consider usually the self, which is the environment and other things that are outside ourselves. Consciousness of the self also has different values. There is the self as our body. There is the self as our emotions. There is the self as our biographical history of who we are, from where we come, our name, our expectations of what we can do, what we cannot do. And all of these are part of being aware of the self, being aware of who we are. As we grow, there are many filters that come to fill up the sense of self. Somebody who has been bullied at school, somebody who has been mistreated, 
uh, will have a certain image of themselves. Somebody who has been uplifted, who has been cared for, who has been with love, who has been told they are wonderful, they are great, will have another filter on the self. And when we look at the mirror, we have a sense of the physical self when we feel about emotions. And as our emotions are experienced throughout life, they add up to a certain reality which we consider ourselves to be. From that platform, we act. From that platform, we act. Now, this self can be something we consider on a conscious level. I think I am this and that. But as we know, there is also a subconscious level. And there is subconscious levels of learning through imitation, implicit imitation, through different aspects of the reality of how we grow and how we build up the sense of self. But there is that reality that comes, which becomes our filter into the world. And one of the very important components in our ability to make ourselves happy, in our ability to be successful, is the thickness and quality of that filter or those filters that add up on ourselves. If we have a lot of stress and strain, we are not truly experiencing our true self. We're experiencing something that we call ourselves, but with limitations and difficulties that we have acquired and we impose on our possibilities. And we subconsciously or consciously have certain expectations, have certain ways of looking at things, being on the level of that color that we give to ourselves. So that is one area which needs to be dealt with. We need to clean up the system and clear it up so that we have the best possibility and not a machine that is clogged or like a computer that has been running for a long time without being rebooted, has had so much information, some of it conflicting, and therefore now it runs slow, it is not effective, it doesn't produce the best results. That is literally what happens when we have been accumulating stress through our life and when we face situations of danger or difficulties or in situations like we are facing right now with the pandemics and the, the fears for the future, etc. This has to be dealt with. It's very important in order to have a reality of a physiology and a mind that can function in the best possible way. The other aspect of consciousness, this was the self, the other aspect is the awareness of what the environment is, what the world is like, what are the realities of the outer world. And that is also something that is very deep within ourselves and what we can call our worldview. We build a worldview based on education, what we have been told about history, where we belong, our nation, our belief systems our belonging to a club or to a religion or to a society or to a fraternity or sorority or any friendship or relation with others, create a certain worldview that is another level of a filter on our consciousness and how we examine and assess reality and what we know reality to be. Is it a reality in which I have to be afraid of the other? Is it a reality in which I have to defend myself from invaders, 
like we used to defend uh, ourselves in the forests and in the jungle? Or is it a reality that protects me, that helps me? And what can I do about it? All of these factors are filters that come on our consciousness. And therefore, when we examine our world and our reality and our feelings and our ability to be happy, our ability to be successful, we have to take these things into consideration. Take an example. We have a real example of many, many aspects of people who have had a certain image of themselves. I'll take an extreme example to tell us how it works and the difference that it makes. Criminals that actually go into crime, they're aware that they're doing something wrong. And then they start to identify themselves with the wrong and they identify themselves as somebody who is a criminal, somebody who does something wrong. Of course, there are psychopaths and psychopaths do not have this emotional connection and they are on another level of even not being aware of doing something wrong and they kind of could have no empathy, no compassion, no ability to exchange things with others. But let's leave this for a moment. There is a very bright example of somebody who was a criminal and incarcerated for many years who learned transcendental meditation and they close the eyes, sit comfortably. It's a very simple technique. They don't have to be uh, any genius to do it. It's so natural. It's so easy. And then they were diving into themselves. We can imagine the mind is like an ocean active on its surface and quieter and quieter as we go in the depths. So all of this is the range of consciousness from the depths of the ocean of the mind to the surface level where there are the waves. A thought that comes to us comes from somewhere in the depths of the ocean and goes up to the surface and we become aware, I have a thought. Now, when we have those filters of stress that are there, the thoughts that come to us are colored by those filters of our self-awareness and awareness of the environment and our worldview. And then we are coming out with a thought that has a certain color. For the criminal, the thought is, I am a criminal. I am a person who does this and that and the other. And they actually integrate that. And they, they say, this is who they are. Now, this one and many like, like this person closed the eyes and were able through transcendental meditation to dive inside and find a calmer, softer level of peaceful being. That state within ourselves is a state of pure silence, pure quietness that changes the entire physiology. But on the experience level, that individual found something that he never had expected, never thought that within him there was such peace, such quiet, that he is not those things that he sees on the surface, but he is something much deeper than that. And that by itself alone transformed that individual who started crying, who said, I could not believe I am also that. And so that realization is an extreme realization, of course, uh, and special, but this is the same thing that happens with all of us on different, different levels. And that is why it's very important to 
to go back to the true self and get rid of those stresses and strains. And this is what transcendental meditation does. It brings us that value, which is deep within us, that expands our consciousness from being on the surface level of an active ocean with waves that are tossing us around, and we become like footballs of thoughts and footballs of situations and circumstances, and rather anchor our life in the deep depths of our own inner true being, true consciousness, which is an expanded field of all possibilities, a field of reservoir of intelligence and creativity. This has great implications on all levels, particularly, for example, in leadership and in business and ability to deal with situations and circumstances. So this is a foundation of leadership, foundation of leadership effectiveness. We need to be leader, we need ourselves, our own cognitive ability, which is the self, our focus of analysis, our analysis, creativity, and decision making. We also need to have interpersonal skills so that we can listen to others, communicate with others, feel compassion and collaboration, and enjoy teamwork. And all of this should be on the level that our physiology that doesn't get overstretched. So we have to have resilience centeredness, empathy, and optimism that will help us to truly be a leader because these are very important factors in leadership and creating a better life for ourselves and others. It has been known that stress and fatigue compromises the actual functioning of the nervous system. This leads to a compromise in the physical health, psychological health, and mental potential is reduced. And this is where you have a compromise in the ability to focus, to have behavior with proper relationships, to have teamwork and performance. So stress leads to a fight or flight response, which narrows the awareness and activates some parts of the brain that are more dealing with the situation in a narrow way so that we can focus on it, but we lose the broad comprehension. Fatigue and stress has been known to cost employers over 100 billion in lost productivity each year. As we said, the mind is on the surface and the stress colors the mind. This is the surface of the ocean. Transcending is to go beyond. So we go beyond the surface level to reach the deeper levels of our consciousness, which like the ocean, are more settled and more quiet within. And this leads to a new state of awareness. If we consider sleep, dream, and waking as the three major states of awareness, we have now a new state of awareness that has its own physiological and mental correspondence. On the physiological level, there is very, very, very deep rest very deep, so deep that it can then remove stresses and strains because the body is able by its nature to get rid of fatigue if we give it a chance. And giving it a chance means take deep rest. At the same time, the mind is not asleep. The awareness is not gone. During transcendental meditation, during transcending, the mind is extremely alert, even more alert as the studies show, 
than normal waking state. That is why we call this state a fourth major state of consciousness. Now, this is might sound theoretical and ideas about consciousness and ideas about uh, what can happen or happens. Of course, we have millions of people who have practiced this technique and they have experienced these states. But more than that, we have evidence-based hundreds of scientific studies, scientifically researched and peer-reviewed published studies that show the importance of the development of consciousness, of transcendental meditation in particular, in leading to changes in the physiology that mirror what is happening in the change on the mind. An important part of our brain is a front part of the brain, in particular the prefrontal cortex, is a great key to success because it is there where we have a sense of self, memory and learning, decision-making, abstract thinking, anticipation of the future. All of these are happening in this part, which is considered as the executive part of the brain. Now, when we do analysis and somebody is under stress, the blood distribution goes to other parts of the nervous system rather than this part of the brain because again we are dealing with fight or flight response and during transcendental meditation the practice leads to a greater blood flow to that part of the brain and therefore the higher parts the higher cognitive parts the executive parts of the brain are more enlivened during the practice of transcendental meditation so this practice, this technique shows what happens actually with this coherence. It's not just something that is phenomenal that happens in the brain that is unusual, but it has been correlated with greater creativity, concept learning, neurological efficiency, even academic performance in schools and children and adults, and uh, consciousness orientation, moral reasoning, and all these values, including decreased anxiety and self-esteem. So these changes are very important. The greater the awareness, the higher is the potential for positive feeling and for purposeful decision-making. That's what transcendental meditation gives, and it gives bigger perspective. Therefore, more ability to choose. So if you are in the stock market and you have only available certain data that is only one aspect the stock went up went down then you are limited you see okay i'll buy on the going down i'll high i'll sell on the going up but if you know the companies you know what they're doing you know their success you know their future you know their management the more you know the better you can make as a decision and therefore you have greater freedom you are not narrow in your thinking and that's what happens when the content of the nervous system, the content of consciousness, and consciousness itself as a container of knowledge is expanded. Therefore, you can have more knowledge and you can be more alert in deciding. Just to tell you a story which is significant in terms of how we live our life and how when we are stressed, we focus on one point and we forget the whole reality that is outside, the possibilities that are outside. In 1972, I guess uh, around that time, there was Eastern Airlines flight from JFK uh, in New York to Miami, uh, Florida. And there, it was a big one huge aircraft with autopilot and many things 
there and uh, three pilots, actually an engineer and two pilots. So it's very well attended with experts. And as they were arriving to Miami, before Miami, they noticed that there is a bulb that is not lighting up, which related to the gear. So they wanted to land and they wanted to make sure the gear is down. And they got busy with the bulb. They kept looking at the bulb, pressing buttons, and they even sent the engineer down to the cockpit and they were thinking about the bulb that they actually forgot to fly the plane. They forgot that the autopilot wasn't connected. They didn't look properly at the altitude at which they were. And unfortunately, the flight ended up crashing in the Everglades, in the Florida Everglades, and uh, with a catastrophic result on the lives of the people who were in it. And that tells us that we have to be able to keep broad comprehension, even while we focus on small events. What stress does, it makes us focus on small events. What transcendental meditation does not only clears the stress, but keeps our awareness broad and our choices bigger. And that gives us what we call field independence. Sometimes we see people crashing their own life as they focus narrowly on small values and they don't have broad comprehension, field independence, and a great vision. So what we need is go back to the self, transcend, go beyond those limited values and in a holistic way, get to your true inner self, which has that broad vision that allows us to make the best choices in our life. So transcendental meditation decreases anxiety. It has been studied. It reduces uh, the strain on the physiology and therefore increases resilience, the ability to really face situations with greater flexibility and without having our body stressed. It has an effect through consciousness. It has an effect on the physiology because we now have an axis, which is called the psychoneuroendocrinoimmunology axis, which means how the mind influences the nervous system, how the nervous system influences the hormonal system, and how the hormonal system influences the immunology. And all of these factors are very important in maintaining a healthy physiology also, because a healthy mind is in a healthy physiology and they are intimately connected. Consciousness is not just something of the mind. It has a very powerful effect on the physiology. And we have hundreds of scientific research studies that show this, where it compared to stressful situations such as fight or flight, you have the opposite effects which is more relaxation, decreased heart rate, decreased blood pressure, decreased muscle tension when you practice transcendental meditation. And this brain coherence we have seen has effect on the physiology, very profound effects. Decreased cortisol level, which is an indicator of stress, reduced blood pressure in a significant way uh, for practitioners of transcendental meditation. And we are now having a large study that the CEO of David Lynch Foundation is uh, really promoting and highlighting and managing. And that is Heal the Healers. And this program is being given to doctors and nurses and hospital professionals uh, who are facing extreme stress. And the results are coming 
very, very profound and important so that there has been donations and this program is now expanding to many universities and many hospitals in saving the doctors from depression, anxiety, and giving them better sleep and better health. And the ultimate, we, we want to know about life, life expectancy and uh, situations. This is a study that has been done uh, five years, follow up on a large number of people uh, to, that studies the risk of uh, heart attacks, strokes, and deaths. And it was found that those who practice transcendental meditation have 48% reduction in heart attacks, strokes, and deaths through five years. And these are those who practice irregularly. Those who practice regularly, which means twice a day, 20 minutes, morning and evening, they had 66% reduction in these factors. And this has been shown in other uh, situations like other health issues, intestinal, heart problem, gastrointestinal, urinary, etc. even injuries and other factors have been reduced. So it has that access from consciousness to the physiology, to health, to well-being. It's very clear that it happens. Now for briefly looking at the technique itself and comparing to other things, this technique is extremely simple. It is very natural, very easy to practice, and there is no effort involved. So it's not a concentration technique. It's not a contemplation technique. It's a very simple technique that you learn in three, four days, and then you practice on your own independently, even from the teachers, although the teachers can follow you up and if there is any question. But there are other techniques where you focus attention or open monitoring, such as mindfulness technique. And here we called it automatic self-transcending, which is least effort technique, and that is transcendental meditation. And the techniques produce different changes in the nervous system. It is transcendental meditation that produces the greatest coherence and results in the nervous system and the brain. This has been also studied on veterans with PTSD, stress, uh, post-traumatic stress disease, and compared to different approaches, different techniques that has been used before, Transcendental meditations with different studies, either through questionnaires or through doctor's assessment, is significantly better than whatever is used to uh, help get rid of the stress and post-traumatic stress and improve the situation. So this has been compared also to other techniques in anxiety, in self-actualization, self-realization, and in war veterans, as we have seen, and there is meta-analysis that have been conducted comparing uh, different techniques of stress management, muscle relaxation, and even biofeedback and combined treatments that show that transcendental meditation is significantly more powerful in reducing blood pressure, which is a very physiological response of physiological functioning, autonomic nervous system, and the stress. So, this takes us to the conclusion that we have an effective technique of development of consciousness, but it's at the same time, one can take it as a simple stress release technique, uh, rehabilitation technique that helps mind, body, and behavior, and even has an effect on our surrounding. Because if we are peaceful and happy and balanced, 
our environment is more peaceful, happy, and balanced, and our collective consciousness is improved as we improve our own consciousness ourselves. Thank you for tuning into Dr. Tony Nader, the podcast. And if you're interested in learning more from Dr. Nader, please follow him on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube.